0: have my guy Jared Latta in the house today. We've talked a lot about podcasting and it's finally come to fruition. How are we doing, Jared? Doing well, Derek. Glad to be here. Absolutely, man. So uh, this is a little bit of a unique podcast for me. Typically, I have a pretty structured outline. I try to be type A with it. And today we're going type B. We're, we're going to wing it. So we've got nothing really planned, a couple ideas, but we're going to go with the flow here. So to start off, how about we uh, we dive a little bit into your background, where you're from, family life, growing up? For sure. So I uh, I am the, uh, the
1: middle middle son of – I have one older brother, one younger brother. I'm from Iola, Kansas. It's about an hour and a half uh, south of Lawrence. Grew up my entire life. I uh, wanted to be a Jayhawk. Um, obviously, that, that, that has came true. Um, you know, growing up in Iola, a, a lot of my boys and I played – play baseball and uh, basketball sports were a huge part of our lives and um, you know my parents gave my brothers and I the opportunity to, to do that and uh, it was it was great obviously when when a time came to go to a college I I went to Allen Community College I, uh, I played baseball there for two years I knew my future was not going to be on the pitching mound though I wasn't exactly <laughs> Pedro Martinez or anything out there so um, I came up here Uh, I got my undergrad degree in sport management. And then I completed that, went to the Omaha Storm Chasers, the Royals AAA affiliate um, there in Omaha, where I thought I wanted to work in baseball, Derek. Mm -hmm. And uh, I did did that for about four months and was totally burned out on it. Wow. I'm talking like I couldn't even watch a baseball game without thinking what was going on, Mm -hmm. what needed to go on. So um, I came back here. Um, A job opened up in the Kansas Athletic Sales and Service Department. Uh, I did that for about 10 months, and then for the last about two years, I've been in our Williams Education Fund, uh, graduate assistant, I'm getting my MBA, I finished that in May. So that's kind of my background and what has led me to where
0: I am. I love it, man. So I don't know if we've talked about this at all, but I used to work for the lacrosse loggers back when I was an undergrad, so that's a summer wood bat league in the Northwoods league. And pretty similar to minor league baseball, you know, I I definitely understand the grind. I've had to uh, sell tickets and and go through all of that. And it's kind of a grueling process, you know, playing baseball is fun. Going and watching baseball is a great, great time. But when you think about it, if you really want to work in baseball, that's 162 game days. Right, right. Those are days where it's like, that's like eight to eight, at least 12 hour days.
1: Yeah, man. And I mean, it really was a great experience just just. Getting, you know, taking all that in. Uh, I wore a bunch of different hats. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I bet you did too. Um, you know, it, there were 12-game homestands where, you know, you get to the park at like 8 a.m. and go home at 11 p.m. Just, it, just, it, it just wears you out. But yeah. I like it now. I've, obviously,
0: college athletics is where I want to be. So No doubt about it. So do you feel as if uh, working in college athletics and fundraising the area that you're in right now, do you think that'll be um, less time demanding, or do you just see it as a better fit for your personality style and whatnot? Right, more of the the latter there for sure.
1: You know, I want to work. Don't get me wrong there, but I think the the environment within college athletics suits suits my personality more than twelve game home stands where I'm at the ballpark for sixteen hours worrying mm-hmm. about everything going on you know this this is a more relaxed environment um and it gives me a chance you know in my current role to connect with people who love KU you know I, I grew up my entire life um to this point mm-hmm. loving loving KU loving the Jayhawks and now I get to get to meet people donors who share their same stories you know some are similar some are different but you know that's the best part of my, of my job is learning their story of what being a Jayhawk means to them.
0: Yeah. I think storytelling is such a important part of, of the human experience, right? If you think back to, uh, thousands of years ago when human beings were in tribes and probably gathered around fires at night and they were sharing stories and tales and, uh, and that's the way that we're really able to connect emotionally with one another. Sure. No, exactly right. Yeah. So, um, Talk to me a little bit about your experience here so far as as a GA and, and a graduate student at KU.
1: Yeah, so, you know, my my story is a little bit different in that I, I do have some experience prior to entering the, the graduate assistant field here. Um, and that's been good experience because over in Kansas uh, Athletics Sales and Service, I, I made 60 outbound phone calls each, each day, which was a great experience. Definitely an icebreaker, and definitely encourage anyone who's wanting to get out of that out of their comfort zones to to try that. Obviously, um, but you know the the experience here has been great. Um, being a GA for for the Williams Fund, You know, getting my masters, my MBA, like I mentioned earlier, is huge for me going forward. And mm-hmm. um, like I also said, getting to connect with uh, Jayhawks all over is
0: very very important for me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, man. Yeah. So, so when you're working uh, in sales and service, I've always wondered this and a lot of people go to college, they study sport management, they study business, communications, and they don't want to work in sales. It's like, there's this stigma around sales and that I don't want to do it. I don't want to be on the phone. I don't want to have to sell my soul for another company or organization. Uh, But what, what are some of the positives of working in sales? What is something you enjoyed? Well, um, once once I got there to the point where the only thing that the other person could
1: simply say is no,
0: mm-hmm.
1: everything changed. So, you know, people are gonna hang up on you, people don't wanna hear from you, but at the end of the day, they're they're simply just telling you no. So, you know, it sells a sells. you know, you, you you're gonna work at it and you're gonna think you have it figured out and you don't you're not even close. But just just being just staying on it perseverance showing up doing doing your work you know the, those are things that you enjoy and um, when you do get a sale it makes it that much more enjoyable
0: that's for sure i remember when i worked with the loggers there would be days that i'd probably make you know i was an intern only working a few hours a day on top of my school load and everything so maybe 20 30 40 calls and i was very very elated if i made one sale that was a that was a yeah. big deal because it's one of those things where if you make 100 calls, you might have four or five uh, yeses. And right. that, that can be really debilitating for a young person. So how are you able to maintain your confidence? I mean, you're very confident in yourself in the way that you carry yourself. But um, I'm sure there are times where it was kind of hard to maintain that.
1: You know, so let's go back to 2013, Derek. Uh, I just completed my first year at Allen uh, and... And at at this point I I knew that, like I said, my career was not gonna be throwing the baseball. Um, I didn't really have a job. Um, you know, I, I was just going to school. I played baseball obviously. And uh, that March my my grandfather passed away. Um, and, and and so, you know, I, I say this because it was it was kinda, you know, not the lowest point of my life, but definitely one that I definitely look at and say you know i i had a a decision to be made in the spring of 2013 do i do i let my circumstances define me or do i bounce back and define them so what i did um march march 28 2013 Derek, um i went to the to the gym for the first time Mm -hmm. um i weighed 150 pounds um and you know i made a decision that if if you know all all the all these things that you do in the gym, they it's it's bigger than that. It's not how big your biceps are. It's 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 what goes on between your ears.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It, it changes your mindset, your thought process, your work ethic, perseverance, sh- showing up. And uh, you know, fast forward six years later, I've you know even though I've added what seventy pounds of muscle or. I like to think it's all muscle, but (laughs) sixty-five pounds of muscle. There you go. That's fair. um, It's 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 really what what happened because of that. You know, the confidence factor, like you mentioned, because I was able to kind of transform my life. And again, in twenty thirteen, I had a decision to make. Do I say, well, you know, my, you know, it's it's a low point in my life. Do I just let it be whatever, or or do I do something about it? Mm. Um. You know, and, and going to the gym, Derek, not only did it make me confident, but I have dealt with a slight stutter my entire life. You know, it's, it's something that is with me. It's something that um, not, not sticks with me, but, you know, there, there are times where I do get tripped up on it. For anyone that is dealing with something regarding a stutter, again, stuttering does not define you as a person. The only thing that defines you as a person is, is your actions to those consequences. So doing what you're doing, what you say you're going to do, falling through on things, persevering, those
0: define you. Stuttering does not define you. I love that, man. I think that's really powerful and appreciate you being vulnerable and sharing that, man. Um, and I think that can be said for a lot of things. So there are so many obstacles that we encounter as humans and, whether it's stuttering or social anxiety, or even if you want to start talking like mental health things and depression and stuff like that, you know, these are things that are really hard to talk about, but they're so real and they're ubiquitous. They're everywhere. And I think it's really important to start having dialogue and and sharing stories of how we've overcome things so that we can empower other people to do the same. So, um, to me, it sounds like you you have an innate ability to kind of see the bigger picture, to maybe look at the macro uh, over the micro, because when we focus on the micro, when we're focused on, okay, I'm at rock bottom, this is brutal, it hurts, it feels like uh, I can't go forward. You know, that that is really debilitating. Whereas when you can look at the big picture and say, hey, well, I'm just going to go to the gym today, and no, I'm not going to gain 20 pounds of muscle, but... I might gain a tenth of one pound of muscle, and if I go tomorrow, that might turn into two-tenths. Right. And by next month, I've got an extra pound of muscle. And five years from now, I've got 65 pounds more muscle.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and, and kind of to the perseverance side of that, Derek, the first three months that I was in the gym, I didn't see a, a damn thing, like a transformation at all. Mm-hmm. But, you know, perseverance is, is so important sticking with it you know it's kind of like it's kind of like and this may be a bad example but you know if 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 you're going to a play and you show up you you, you have a chance obviously but if, if you don't show up the outcome is simple you you're not getting true job searches as, as well if 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 you don't submit the resume if you don't do your background work if you, you don't have people that reach out on your behalf you can't get the job so so sticking with it persevering is, is is the number one thing I, I would challenge anyone that is that is struggling to to, to find their niche in life just persevere it, it, it is it, it is there for you there is something in your life that you can you can go to that will positively impact
0: your life persevere mm, I love it man so um, perseverance it reminds me of a kind of a trendier word called grit a book by Angela Duckworth I'm curious have you read grit at all You know, I haven't. I've actually heard about it. Uh, I think you may have mentioned it to me, actually. But no, I I have not read that, Derek. So she claims that grit is essentially passion uh, times uh, perseverance. um, And you got to add in some effort. So a lot of things um, can happen when we we include effort, when we put forth effort, when we work. Uh, And I think that might be a piece that gets missed a lot of times is, uh, you know, life is really hard work and it's hard for us to to level up or to overcome barriers that might be in our path because it's easy to be comfortable and sit on the couch or pull out our phone and just swipe or avoid that hard conversation but when we can embrace those obstacles and push ourselves outside of our comfort limits as I say, that's that's where the growth is occurring. Right, right, and and to your point, you know,
1: nothing ever accomplished that is successful has has very rarely been easy. You know, it's it's, it's always there's there's always a, a a story behind each person's success. I mean, Dwayne Johnson, he wakes up at four o'clock in the morning. You know, if that's that's three hours a day on society. That's twenty four hours a week that he has on society just for getting up three hours before everyone else. You know, and and there's, and the Rock may be a bad example to I use mean, there, but I think he's a good
0: prototype.
1: But you know, there, there's there's a story behind each person's success. Very rarely has anyone just been handed success. So, and and, and kind of going back a little bit, Derek. You know, so I deal with stuttering, right? Mm-hmm. slight stutter, or whatever you want to call it. Um, but my situation isn't worse than anyone else's. You know, people have other issues that they're going through. Like you said depression, anxiety, my stutter is what I've had to, to come to grasp with, try to overcome. But each and every person has, has something like that. Maybe not a stick, but each, each person has
0: something that, that they just can't quite get there. So. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I love the quote that talks about like, everybody's fighting a battle that you have no idea about. And I think a lot of times maybe we find ourselves in a place of judgment um, for the way that somebody acts or something that they say, but if if we really knew the circumstances, I think that can help us to gain perspective, and that's something I'm actively trying to work on: is thinking about things from other people's perspective rather than just being narrow-minded and staying within my own framework. Because that's uh, that's a very small way to look at the world. If I just want to look it through Derek's lens, you know? Mm-hmm. No, that's exactly right. Yeah. So I love this talk, man. I love perseverance. I love grit and everything. So I'm just curious. You, I would classify you as a high performer. I mean, I see bright things in your future, and um, I'm curious what what does your morning routine look like? So um, you know, you're talking as far as as far as work or just at home, even before before you step foot into the office. Okay. Well, um, I'm I'm blessed
1: to to have a young family, obviously. Um, Michael and Hudson there at home, Hudson's our, our one-year-old. So, you know, each each and every day just getting getting to wake up and see him, he doesn't know anything. Um, so, you know, anything that I can do being his father, you know, it, it puts a smile on my face, Derek. So, you know, I, I can't really have a bad day waking up when I'm next to, to those guys. So um, I'd, I'd say that's my, that's my favorite routine um, is – seeing them but you know i uh i you know i get a protein shake in me i get some oats peanut butter protein Mm -hmm. almond milk yes try and try and and wake me up you know a little bit absolutely Uh, not much of a coffee guy that shocks me that you're not (laughs) (laughs) for 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 some reason or other i've I've, I've never drank coffee uh i've never acquired that taste so Mm -hmm. i come in um to the work I you know i try to i always try to get sort through my emails first half hour of my day, just catch up on that. And then I, you know, it's a lot of my work is, is Dylan, not Dylan, but working with, working with Greg Gurley. Um, Gurley. He's a major gifts guy for us and making sure he's good. Uh, his accounts are good and following up where I need to on that. So that's kind of my routine. Uh, every day at noon, uh, we, the, the gym's obviously open. So we go down there and get after a little bit. Um, and then, uh, you know, my afternoon is pretty much like my morning. And then, obviously, I get to go home um, and, and and see Big Hud. And, you know, he doesn't care if, if,
0: if Daddy had a bad day at work. He just wants to hug me. So, you know, that's the best thing. It makes it a lot easier. For sure. I love it, man. I think that's a – it was shocking to me when I found out that, that you did have a kid because, I mean, we're more or less peers. And right yeah. now I can't imagine having a child. but. Yeah. I think it's uh, it's such a blessing to even even if it wasn't something that was necessarily intentional, you know. Yeah. I think that um, kind of thing, things do happen for a reason, and, and it yeah. can help to give you meaning and purpose. You know, and, and this is one thing that I I didn't touch on either. Um,
1: November twenty third, two thousand fourteen, I, I was actually baptized, and I found my relationship with with Jesus Christ there. And, um, you know, with with having Hudson at, a, at such an early age in life, you know, what we look at it as an opportunity that, that God's put, put forth for me. You know, it's another and, – and, and having a kid's not a challenge. You know, it, it, it's your kid. Mm-hmm. So, you know, love him un, unconditionally and
0: be there for him. And just, you know, I thank God that, you know, he chose me to be Hudson Light's father. Mm, I love it, man. So you have a real positive presence about you, the way you carry yourself and treat people. And I'm wondering, is that kind of a direct result of your faith and trying to, you know, embody Jesus? What would Jesus do? Or is it are you are you into like positive psychology? Where where does that stem from?
1: Um, You know, I my parents never pushed faith on us. Um, They kind of let my my brothers and I be who we want to be. Um, But I would definitely say that my mom and dad are a big, big part of that. Um, You know, looking at looking at things from a, a positive side, you know, when you go into, to a quick shop, for example, Derek, do you, when, when that clerk says, how are you? And you say, good, you, oh, good. D- is there any meaning behind that conversation or is it just passing time? Super, or, or, super or do you, or do you actually value that person as, as a human being, as, as a figure of this life? And, and, and you know, and, and that may be, may be a bad example, but it's, it's things like that, that, little things like that can have a big impact on who you are because b- believe it or not that person at, at that gas station is 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 blown away by you just asking that so you know my parents in, installed that in me um, my pace with Christ has had done that as well and then you know believe it or not just just finding the gym and like I said it's not how big your your back is or wide your back is or how much you can put on a, on a squat squat bar to squat it's about following through what you say you're gonna do and and who 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 really matters in your life putting your putting your time invested in them you know never worry about someone who, who doesn't pay your bills
0: why do you value their
1: opinion you know
0: mm, yeah there's a lot of comparison that's going on in the world right now and I think social media is uh the cause of a lot of that and people like to portray their perfect lives and we don't get to see what's underneath it all right I use uh, the iceberg metaphor a lot when I'm working with student-athletes in leadership and development and you know the top of an iceberg is 10% typically that you can see from above water so like the Titanic they saw this little iceberg they're like yeah we're good we'll just go right through it little did they know 90% was underneath the water and that's what sunk the ship and uh there's there's about 90% to a lot of us that we don't share with the rest of the world um sure, and sure. and the way that we look at ourselves too is a lot different than the way the world looks at us so it's it's a big process of kind of navigating that and trying to um maybe let the water sink down a little bit and let the world see more of our authentic self because that can be empowering for somebody else to um like I've said earlier, share their story, be vulnerable, get help if they need help, um, and and just sometimes embrace the fact that we're not perfect and uh, we're all in process. For
1: sure, Derek. And you you mentioned that side of it, and then and there's also the side of the iceberg where it's, it's kind of, you know, in, in a cells terminology, it's called the root and the fruit. So the root is below the iceberg, right? The fruit's above it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's it's the calls, it's the follow-ups, it's the emails. That's the root of the fruit. The fruit can't grow unless the root grows. So Mm -hmm. having your call numbers there, having your follow-up emails, your face-to-face visits, those all have to be there for the fruit to exist.
0: Yeah, and I think this is a perfect segue to kind of talk about fundraising and and what you're doing right now for the Williams Education Fund at KU and – likely what you're going to be doing in the foreseeable future as well. So can you talk to some of the keys of building quality relationships with donors?
1: Yeah. And I'm not sure I'll be, be at KU, you know, I'm, I'm obviously opening to the possibility, but you know, I'm keeping my, keep my options open. Now I do foresee me doing a fundraising role in whatever capacity, but you know, what, what are the keys to building quality relationships? I, I think, the first thing you have to be is a human being, you know, because days in they might have a lot of money, but they're still human. So really being able to connect, really asking them those open ended questions that get them to talk, really find out what their connection to KU is. Why do they love KU? You know, that, that part of it. And like I said earlier, hearing, hearing stories, because everyone has a different story. I think if, if, if you, if you find their story and you're able to, you know, kind of like hone in on their story and talk about their story, they're going to love it. Mm-hmm. And, then, and, and then the relationship building just comes from following up, constantly making sure that they're good. You know, touch points, emails, face-to-faces, normal sales like right? But really being able to connect on, on, on a human side of the, of the
0: relationship is, is huge for me. Yeah, absolutely. I like how you talked about how they're still humans, even though they have maybe millions or in some cases billions of dollars, you know, that can make them seem almost like gods. And I've seen the way that people treat even Bill Self here at KU. And it's like we put people on such a pedestal and then it creates this anxiety within our own um, mentalities that it's hard for us to even interact with them. And it's like, man, we're all we're all humans. We're all just trying to kind of figure things out, and right. maybe some people have been blessed in different ways. But um, the fact that you mentioned listening to their stories and trying to to dig deeper into them and and really establish that emotional connection sounds like kind of the foundation of the way you operate. Right, and you know, you mentioned coach coach self, obviously. You know, and my
1: my dad has always told me um, you should you should treat the janitors like you treat every, everyone else so you know what i try to really do is i, I talk with the janitors just like i would talk to anyone else and, and and by doing that it you you associate with a large group there's 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 a large group who who feels connected and and, and feels comfortable talking and approaching you mm-hmm. you know if you just shrug off anyone who's quote-unquote lesser than you there's there's no connection whatsoever but but at some point you're gonna need that janitor to help you out maybe it's not a janitor maybe it's maybe it's someone else you know a worker behind the concession stand but at, at, at some point you're gonna need key dining help you know someone lesser than you to help you out so by always valuing the relationship and I go back to it value them as a person a human being they 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 have a
0: life. They have a background story. Mm -hmm. They are human. Value them. Yeah. Amen. So I'm trying to think of this uh, from the perspective of many of the listeners, many of whom never worked in college athletics and probably have some pre-existing notions of what the world is like that we work in. And I'm curious what don't other people know or understand about life and athletics from your vantage point? And then maybe even people in other departments, what what do they not, maybe, understand about the world in, in fundraising? Well, you know, everyone sees the Williams Fund as,
1: you know, you in order to get my basketball tickets, you know, and and getting your basketball tickets, believe it or not, is a benefit of the Williams Fund. So you know, they, there's 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 a transactional piece with with that, obviously, but I would say that's that's one thing that. The entire office is constantly, um, you know, going over right because you know it's 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 such a transactional environment with a lot of our people because basketball is at the level it is, and thank God it is right. But no kidding, you know we 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 would like to see more philanthropic there, obviously, but um, and then and then to to kind of go off go off what what others don't really see in athletics. I mean you probably heard this, it's, it's not much pain and it's a lot of hours, mm. you know, and it's, and it's really, it really weeds people out, you know, and you really have to be passionate about it.
0: And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate to, to be passionate about it, obviously. No doubt about it, man. Well, um, I know we're time-wise we're we're a little crunched here, but I want to, um, give you an opportunity to maybe, uh, talk about some closing thoughts, or if you've got some, some final inspiration for the people before, Um, I get into maybe a little rapid fire to to conclude things so like we we talked about vulnerability and perseverance and um, maybe talking about fear you know you you talked about some of your stuttering and so maybe you had like a fear of speaking or or for me uh, working with division one athletes having not ever been a division one athlete creates a little bit of fear that what I have to say isn't valued or respected. So, what are, what are your thoughts on fear?
1: Yeah. So, you know, fear, fear, Derek. And this this takes me back to again. You know, I was 155 pounds soaking wet six years ago, and um, you know, not you know, I was dealing with a much worse stutter then. I. I I got to a point where, you know, I, I believe that, that fear is self-imposed. It it does not exist. You, you create fear, you can destroy it too. It isn't intangible. Once Once that fear leaves your body, like, oh man, I, I spent so much time worrying about that, running from it.
0: The best way to attack a fear is initially, get it out of your system. Go for it. Yeah, absolutely. I think I heard somebody recently talking about anxiety and how anxiety is really something that we have... Uh, in our in our thoughts or in our brains, that we can totally reframe and look at it as uh, excitement. And if if instead of thinking of it as fear, we look at it as excitement, it can give us the opportunity to have more of a positive outlook, um, and and really embrace whatever it is, whether it's a speaking opportunity, working with a student, uh, going on a date, doing something out of your comfort zone. When when we get out of this fear anxious state. It. And we are just excited and grateful for this opportunity. It's not, I have to do this. I get to do this. Right, exactly. It, you know, that's, that's one thing that I've
1: actually kind of tried to tried to do here in 2019 is use uh, get to, not, not have to. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm honored to, right? I, I get to do that. You know, and, and one other thing, Derek, with, with fear that I, I don't understand is, you know, the, the ultimate for all of us, we can't escape death. Death, death is going to happen to all of us. No one has ever escaped it. So what, what are you, what are you afraid of? What, what are you running from?
0: We're not going to get out of here alive. Don't,
1: do not be the person who goes and works that nine to five job and crosses the X off the day. Go, go find what you're passionate about. And and, and, and your life will change. But but never run from the fear. It, it, it is self imposed.
0: Amen, man. So, I want to hear a little bit about your long term vision. So, you talked about how you're going to be in a fundraising capacity for probably the foreseeable future, not necessarily at KU, but perhaps at KU if the opportunities arise. Um, wh- what is the ultimate goal? Do you want to be CEO of your own company? You want to be AD of, of the Jayhawk? university uh, I mean yeah. what, do, what do you think man you know
1: I I actually do not get caught up in what position I want to uh, you know I want to hold ultimately for me Derek it's about seeking opportunity not title mm. um, and by seeking opportunity and constantly challenging myself that the titles will come right you know you know the, the 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 titles will be there as I grow but I you know seeking opportunity is what I have to do going forward so you know always always challenging myself and always trying to find the best opportunities to not only financially because because financially is you know that that is important obviously but loving what you do I feel like is equally if
0: not more important Mm -hmm. absolutely I love that man I think titles is probably correlated with like ego and pride whereas uh, you talk about opportunity and that's just more Humility and and being humble and kind of just just seeking ways to serve and provide right. value, for sure. For Absolutely, sure. man. So, how about what is the best book that you've recently read? Wow, man,
1: that's 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 a good one. Uh, it's a very open one because I've i read a few. You know, I just got done reading Beyond the Streak by Jason King. Uh, oh. Kind of highlights the 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 past. Um, what well. He wrote it prior to last year, so it's 13. Then you know, it's, we're currently on 14. So, um, you know, and, and it's just behind the scenes stories, and, and not so much about basketball, about life and what it took. You know, these guys are going through. You know, they're they're on campus here. They're they're the rock stars of the campus. Mm-hmm. And nowhere else do they get treated like they do here in Lawrence, and you know, just kind of seeing what it what it takes behind the scenes, all the hours, the boot camps, the weight training lists, the runs. The bike rides, you know, all all, all these, and, and and then the interchangeable parts with the, the trainers and 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 uh, you know the nutritionists and whatnot. It, it it truly takes a full team, you know, behind Coach Bill Self and his lead mm. to to unite a group like that. And then ultimately, you win 14 straight and knock off John Wooden's UCLA Bruins. That's the, the longest uh, streak in history college basketball
0: yeah it really is man it's so fun to be here right now it's such an exciting time to be a Jayhawk and uh, I'm grateful to have to have met you through the noon workouts and have this connection and relationships and thank you so much Jared for coming on the podcast today I think this was really fun and we'll have to do it again sometime for sure Stark appreciate you man no doubt and to all the listeners appreciate Uh you taking the time to listen uh, we'll, we'll be posting this on Twitter. So please feel free to share it out and get on iTunes, give us a rating review, help us to grow the podcast a little bit, but most importantly, just appreciate you and your time and until next time. We'll see you. Bye-bye. bye